good evening, everyone. This is Keith Jowers, Dads for Life, and we are here with another episode of the Dad Connection on the video and audio tonight. I am so excited about two guests that I have that I met recently, and well, we just kind of just talked a little bit. I I met them at the Huckabee Show, and it was so exciting to just get to know these two gentlemen. Uh, Now that I'm doing a little bit more acting, and then I actually got to watch a a trailer that they showed of their new movie called The Mayberry Man, which, yes, I am talking about Mayberry Man featuring Alan Newsom and Rick Roberts. And I am so excited to interview them tonight. So I'm just going to have them pop on in here and uh, say hello to our guests tonight. Hey, Rick and Alan, how are (laughs) y'all? Doing good. Yeah. Oh, I am so excited to be with you guys. You know, it's been a few weeks now since I saw you at the Huckabee Show and and then we took a little picture afterwards, and uh, uh, Floyd was trying to cut my hair a little bit, I think, uh, that night. But uh, it was so exciting to meet you and what's going on in your world. And I just wanted to share you with my audience, and I'm so glad that we had a chance to finally put our schedules together and uh, come up with this interview tonight. So welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. I knew when I got the invitation where it said, you have to wear glasses to be on this podcast. <laughs> Alan and I would be natural guests. <laughs> Here we are. All three of us have glasses on tonight. <laughs> so, well, welcome to the show, guys. I would like to just kind of talk to talk to you a little bit about tonight about about this new movie that was sort of created called The Mayberry Man, which I actually came on, Rick. I took your advice. Uh, you you asked us at the show to to just uh, watch it when you could, and I came home and and I actually. Uh, sat down with my wife and we, we got it on Amazon and, and really enjoyed it. I mean, I just never knew that much was going, gone into actually Mayberry days. And uh, so I hope we can talk a little bit about that. So, uh, so whichever one of y'all want to take first, just one of you start talking and tell us a little bit about, you know, how all this came about. But uh, uh, first of all, well, let me ask you a question. First of all, both of you are fathers, aren't you? Yes, sir. Well, I would like to know a little bit about that first. So let's go ahead and just talk about that, get out of the way, because we are the dad connection here, and we are Dads for Life Ministries here. So we want to talk about fatherhood. So, Rick, how many children do you have? I've got two. I've got a 15-year-old boy and a 9-year-old daughter. And recently, my wife has even started talking about adoption. All right. (laughs) I told her, slow down. Nobody's going to take these kids off our hands. Uh, We'll put them up and see if anybody... Makes us an offer. <laughs> well, I have friends that have nine children now. So, uh, you know, you might got a ways to catch up with them for sure. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't but, know how those people do that. Yeah. So, it, you know, they're, they are, they definitely change you, don't they? Yeah. You know, you spend three years changing them. And then after that, they kind of change you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, Alan, how about you, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I just have the one child. I have a, a boy. But he's uh, he's twenty. He's almost twenty five. He'll be twenty five soon. He graduated college about two and a half years ago. He got his job. He's a computer engineer. So yeah, he's doing fine. He's still living here at the house with us. But he's just packing his savings away. So it's his. Uh, <laughs> other than other than having to pay us rent uh, a little bit, uh, yeah, that's my retirement money. So I tell him. And so uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I we had a, we had a daughter, and uh, she's got us three grandchildren now. So uh, they they don't live in the same state as we do. They live up north a little bit, uh, and so we have to go visit them uh, about once a quarter just to keep up with them because they grow so quickly. These grandchildren do. 
but your grandchildren are a lot of fun. But there are days sometimes when those kids are growing up, you just wonder just how much fun is this, right, Rick? <laughs> well, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, it's it's funny to see the wheels turning and when they come up with uh, thoughts that they say out loud, they should have kept to themselves. That's my favorite part because <laughs> it's like when everything got canceled because of the pandemic for me, you know, I was traveling comedian, so I couldn't go do shows. And at one point, um, my daughter looked across the table and said, why are you here all the time now? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, my job's not essential. I, 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 I don't have to work uh, and they don't have to have me. It's, it's nice to have it. You don't have to have it. And she goes, Oh, I get it. Kind of like your hair <laughs> or like your college fund. Let's just play it like that. <laughs> Yeah, so the the pandemic, I mean, uh, a lot of parents got to know their kids really well, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it was a super blessing because I was traveling a lot. Uh, it's ramped back up now, but it gave me a good year, 14 months to kind of cool my heels a little bit, uh, be more involved with them. They had more time off from school uh, because of it as well. So, you know, we, we got into doing more family stuff, uh, which we kind of missed out on, you know, I, I'm not sure how much of it they wanted me to be part of initially, but then we kind of found a good rhythm to it. And uh, it definitely, I know it was a tough time for a lot of people, but it was a blessing in that way for me. Yes. What about you, Alan, during that time? Oh, during the pandemic, uh, we were both working from home. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's uh Adam's really easy going. We don't. He never comes out of his room. Back. He, he's basically back there and comes out to eat and uh, go to the restroom. That's about it. I never see him, uh, but uh, or rarely see him. He, he's he's pretty easy. Uh, and growing up, he was a he was a good kid. Uh, he he was uh, he was uh, he's very literal. Like he was one of these kids that uh, we have a love seat and a and a couch in our living room. And you'd come in. He's jumping up and down on the love seat. And you get onto him. Say stop jumping on the couch. And then you go back in there and he's jumping on the other. <laughs> I said, I, I told you to stop jumping on that. He said, you said to stop jumping on that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Don't jump on any of the furniture. Uh, you know, so, but, uh, but that was about as much trouble as I ever had with him. He was a really good kid. So, you know, I, uh, I let my two older brothers get in all the trouble. You know, they were a little bit older than me <laughs> and then I just kind of, you know, waited in the wings and see when I could, slip in and do something but uh it's good to have enough uh somebody ahead of you that you can learn from but <laughs> that's for sure well gentlemen i i was really intrigued by you know hearing your story at the huckabee show and i'd like to know a little bit in our audience i'd like you to let them know how did the first of all how did your characters come about and how long ago that was but then how the mayberry man actually came to be what it is today as a movie you want me to take that, Rick, or you want? Yeah, you go. You go first. All right. So, uh, Stark Howell, who wrote and directed the movie, he came to Mayberry Days in 2018, I believe it was, and he it was his very first time coming. Now, his dad had been on the Andy Griffith Show, and everybody kept telling him he needs to come to Mayberry Days, uh, and and he would enjoy it, and he couldn't understand why. Because he wasn't on the Andy Griffith Show, and he didn't quite understand how fans of the Andy Griffith show would want him to be at this event. So when he came and actually experienced the Mayberry days event, he came up with the idea and approached me during that event saying, Hey, I think I've got an idea for a screenplay and I think we could, would you be Floyd in the movie? 
if we could do that, I said, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. I'd do that. And of course I was thinking he, he's never, he's never going to make this movie. <laughs> you know? So, so then later he sent a, he sent a script and I read it in February of that next year. And I thought, oh yeah, well, he's probably never going to make the movie. And, uh, so then, uh, anyway, eventually came around where they started actually raising money to, to make the film. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I better start reading these lines and trying to learn them, you know, and understand. And uh, basically that's how it happened. And I may have the years wrong because it was 2019 when they started raising money and then we filmed it in 2020. So I think, uh, something like that. Anyway, I can't remember the exact years. It, it was several years in the making and Stark is a true fan of the Andy Griffith show. And if you watch the movie, you can definitely tell that because there's so many little tidbits during the movie that give nods to the Andy Griffith show. And I should say Mayberry man is not a remake of the Andy Griffith show. So if there's fans out there and don't want you messing with the Andy Griffith show, it's definitely not a remake. It's a, it's a modern day event that ends up with my character who is a Floyd, the barber tribute artist named Alan in the movie. It's a real stretch. I know, but uh, <laughs> I really had to work for that role. Uh, but, uh, and then Rick is a, is a Barney Fife tribute artist. And we get to interact with this lead character whose father was supposed to have been on the Andy Griffith show like Stark. So that's kind of where it began and how it started. And then Rick, Rick got pulled in at some point. Yeah. About maybe three weeks before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When I remember Stark had uh, called me, I can't remember if he shot me an email and said, call him or we, we talked on the phone the first time. And I, I think I just heard about the fundraising for the movie maybe a month or two ahead of that time. And I just assumed they had a Barney Fife already lined up since they were raising money for it and all that kind of stuff. And they may have had a couple of different people in mind at one time or the other, but for whatever reason, it landed in my lap a couple, I mean, no more than a month before we started shooting. And yeah, I yeah. said, Hey, this, this is great. Cause I don't have any work this year. <laughs> and, and I actually, in no other time would I've been able to make this movie without having to cancel a bunch of stuff. And, and probably some of it I couldn't have got out of, so I probably couldn't have made it. So, you know, he told me the details about the movie and said, I'll send you a script and let me know what you think. So he sent me a PDF of it and I, I scanned through to find the lines for Barney. And, and then I saw, I think Alan and I both agreed. We saw one scene where we're both creeping through this old warehouse looking for the squad car and stuff. And when I read that part, I'm like, Oh, this is like a chunk this is like a six minute chunk of the movie. This is going to be good. And so I called him back. I said, yeah, I said, just let me know what I need to do. And he said, block out these two weeks, come up to Indiana and don't expect to get paid too much, but we'll have a lot of fun. (laughs) And he he was right about all of it. (laughs) Well, the story, the story itself is just, uh, I don't know. I was sitting there watching it and actually I need to watch it. I'd like to watch it again. I need to get me a DVD. So, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to actually watching it again. And I know you got some DVDs for sale, by the way. So where could somebody actually uh, watch the movie or actually buy a DVD, Rick? Well, you can go to weaversdepartmentstore.com and they'll fulfill your order. Or you can go to Mayberry Man or MayberryManMovie.com and both of those sites have information about uh, where you get the DVD, where you can catch it streaming and where you can see it at the theaters. Because it is in theaters, uh, kind of on demand from the theaters. They'll, they'll pick a date. Or we'll have a connection in the town with one of the actors a lot of times. And like we've got one coming up in a, 
Scottsburg, Indiana, next Sunday, the 21st, I think it is, so right around the corner. But one of the actors, Eric Lowry, who's the mayor and the judge in the movie, he's, he's actually got two roles. He's uh, it's his hometown, so he's he's put together a big day. We've done that in different towns. Alan's got one coming up in Huntsville as well. What's the date on that? December seventh. No, uh, the eleventh. Eleventh. Mm-hmm. So, is there a place where where these are listed at that people could find out where you're going to be at? Yeah, just MayberryMan.com or MayberryMan Movie. Both of them will have that information. All right. Well, any any chance you might coming down to Florida? I mean, we do have nice weather. <laughs> you know what? Alan and I met a guy in Orlando. I wonder if we can get in with him. Remember that guy that we talked to at the taping? Yeah, the magic uh, magician. Yeah. yeah. He might have a, a That's theater right. setup that we could do. Yeah, uh, I met him that night as well. So, um, well, actually, I'm doing, I've done a couple of movies myself from down in Orlando. So, we just finished up one in human trafficking. So, uh, I, I, I could see, I've got a few people down there I know to see what we could do. But uh, I just think that it's just a neat story because in the days we're living in, gentlemen, isn't it time that we just have some good old family fun and entertainment again? Yeah, I mean, you can only watch Bonanza so many times without uh, <laughs> wondering if Haas is ever going to get on a diet. But, uh, well, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a good movie for the times for sure. And I think and I think Alan would agree, like during the pandemic, people were stressed out and we started not trusting each other. We started doubting each other. And this movie is all about a character who starts out that way and evolves into a person who's uh, outwardly showing help and, and empathy to other people, including our characters at one point. So, yeah, I think it's a good transformational story for this time. Yeah, and it goes into uh, like Chris Stone is the lead character, and he, he really learns that family is important in your life you know, he has a bad relationship with his dad and throughout the movie he starts to learn more about him and you know it's just a, it's a it, it is a very hallmark feeling movie if you actually see the movie that's kind of what it's like uh it's a it's a feel-good movie you'll have a lot of fun laughing with the jokes and uh, but there is a progression throughout the movie of that lead character that he changes as it goes throughout the movie. And it's, it's definitely a story. I think that people, not because I'm in the movie, but I think this is a movie that people would watch more than once. You know, they would, this is something you throw in watch every so often. Cause it's like, yeah, this is a good story and it's fun. And there's not really jokes in the movie. It's the characters similar to the way the Andy Griffith show, in my opinion, is done. It, there there's not jokes on the Andy Griffith show. It's the characters. You, you watch it to see Barney, like he's fixing to do something, you know, he's going to, he's going to be sniffing and doing all the stuff like Rick, Rick pulls off so well in the movie or Floyd's going to be mumbling something over in the background. And you're just listening for these things. Cause it's the characters that are funny. And I, and I believe Stark did a very good job of capturing that in this movie to make it something that's enjoyable to see more than once. I, I think he did because um, there was a couple of scenes in there. And now that I'm actually in movies, I'm, I look for, look at them a little differently, you know, but there were some, there were some scenes in there that I really enjoy. Like two of them for one was, was your, you, Alan, when you actually introduced um, the character, you know, nobody knew who he was, you know, nobody was applauding and that kind of thing. I thought that was hilarious actually. And then uh, of course the warehouse scene is just totally just was 
uh, it's worth the movie just by watching the warehouse scene. That was my favorite part. When I read the script, that's what Rick was saying earlier. When I read the script, I got to that portion of the script where Floyd and Barney and the lead character were going on this adventure. And it was, it was the most like an Andy Griffith show episode of any other part of the movie. And it was just one of those things I was looking so forward to filming that and rick and i were definitely saying we've got to make sure we don't mess this up because this is yeah. this should be great you know and we were we were excited about getting to do that and riding the squad car and 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 it, it's just a that's a fun fun for me part of the movie well that's what sold me on watching it when i saw the clip at the huckabee show that that's what sold me on i had to see that that movie of course well, in that in that clip you see rick uh, doing Barney, he he gets to sit down in a in, in in a squad car, but you're seeing him through the window of the squad car, right? Start to react like Barney and getting that swagger and then and everything. I was standing there while that was being filmed, trying not to laugh as I was watching Rick right through that window, and uh, it was it was just it's great, and I'm so glad it came out. I think it's honestly even better on the film because it's got that music that dun, 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 yeah. that music it builds it up where he's just you know he is so excited to be sitting back there and he he did such a great job and I really enjoyed yeah. the ending but I won't talk about the ending I can't give that away so right it's really good yeah. so. the other thing about that scene too and we've I've watched the movie maybe four or five times now so some things I'm I'm seeing the same, but I'm seeing it uh, extra. And what I like about that particular scene with the squad car when I'm behind the wheel is because it's got the windshield there, it almost looks like you're watching an episode through a TV screen. It's framed up the same as a TV and it's pretty much black and white because it's dark out. So it, it really feels like you're watching a little snippet from an episode. At least that's what I was, I was trying to make it feel like. And then now that I've seen it a few times, I'm like, oh, maybe that's part of the charm of it. It's, it's, it's very grayish black and white nighttime shoot so it it kind of feels like it plus that music like alan said i mean they really between the music we got from miss hagan and the uh the scoring that the guy did to kind of build that actual moment up i thought they did a good job with it so we should play that up because yeah w the movie actually has music from the andy griffith show on it that earl hagan who wrote almost all the music uh that was d used on the andy griffith show uh, we were able to get that library from her because she owns it now, the wid his widow, and she let them use that music that's from the show. So that's throughout the movie. There's that uh, subliminal to some degree. You hear this music that's from the Andy Griffith show, and it just adds to that feeling of it being from there. And, uh, yeah, we're so thankful to her for letting us, letting Stark and Court uh, Court Howell as his brother make use that music and Don Knotts's daughter's in it as well, right? Yeah, Karen's got a part. Um, I kind of wish she had more. And then you know, I understand when you're writing the script, it's hard to give everybody a ton of time. But I would have loved to have. I'm sure Alan too would have loved to have a couple scenes with her where we did some interaction. You know, I could even see her coming to the the studio warehouse looking for that car, being part of the group. You know, just just tagging along or hanging out so hopefully if there's a second one she has a little bit more in it because she's she's a great gal and so much you know just heritage along with andy griffith show and and she's definitely got her dad's timing and a lot of good characters too so they had planned they had planned to have more actors and actresses from the andy griffith show be a part of the movie but because of covid 
anybody that was a Screen Actors Guild actor, a SAG actor, had to drop out of the movie because it was going to basically, <laughs> it was a crowdfunded movie that was low budget, uh, but it was going to triple or more the budget of the film or the required budget to just to have those actors in it to be able to perform all the safety things that they would have had to done. So they had to drop out of the movie and Karen was luckily still able to attend. Uh, uh, Dixie Griffith, Andy's daughter was going to be a part of the movie and she had to drop out. George Lindsay, uh, Goober, his son, George Lindsay Jr. was going to be a part of the movie. Clint Howard was going to be a part of the movie. We had, we had a lot of uh, legacies is what we would have called them uh, from the Andy Griffith show that would have been a part of the movie. Plus several of the cast members were planning to be on, in it. So, but it all worked out well, and I think uh, I think all in all, they did a great job in the de dealing with that adversity and putting in scenes that made the movie even that much better. So uh, let's, uh, let's segue into something about that. You know, talking about the show itself, seemed like uh, they they worked through a lot of problems, didn't they? In, in different episodes, and and what I really liked most of all was you know. Um, Andy and, and Opie's relationship uh, as, as a, a single dad. He was, he was raising him up and, and uh, teaching him lessons. And Opie didn't want to listen all the time, does it? Just like most children. Um, but what do, you think, what do you think mainly that we can learn today or, or that we've gotten away from uh, when it comes to the Mayberry method, as you refer to it, Rick, in, in your uh, uh, outline of, of what you do? So what, do you, what, what is it about the Mayberry Method that we can learn from today to make our families even stronger? Well, I think we've cluttered it up with everything we possibly can to make ourselves feel like we're busy and we're important and we're doing stuff. We're taking pictures of our food. I mean, we're all guilty of it to some degree, but uh, of course they had simpler times back then. They didn't do those kinds of things. And, and when you declutter from that and you focus on relationships, that's, that's the whole Andy Griffith show. It's, it's all relationship-based comedy. Like Alan's saying, there's not a lot of jokes in there. You just know how these two people are going to interact and the frustrations that will evolve or, uh, you know, the admiration they have for each other. The loyalty was a big part of the Andy Griffith show. Uh, between Andy and his, and his son, Opie, on the show, you know, there was a, a good stern father who didn't put up with a lot of nonsense but also knew how to have fun and on a few occasions had to admit when he was wrong and was second guessing his, his son. And so, you know, to, to, I think the, the, one of the strongest things a father can do is just admit their mistakes to their kids. And I've always tried to maybe stay a couple years ahead of the mistakes they might make and tell them how I did stuff wrong so that they already know uh, the, the right thing to do without telling them, Hey, you know, after the fact you messed up, I should have told you this. And I think, you know, Andy led by example, a lot of instances, and even Barney, sometimes Barney learned from Opie, <laughs> more than Opie learned from Barney, but still Barney would try to implement little pieces of advice to, to Opie and the others. So, you know, when I do the Mayberry Method speech, it's, it's really all about getting back to community. If you know your neighbors, then you're more aware of when things aren't going normal or right, and you can take care of problems before they get really big. There's a episode in Mr. McBeavy. That's the one to me that uh, shows that relationship between Andy and Opie that I think as a parent, I just wish and hope I could be like that with my child. In that episode, Andy 
believes that Opie has an imaginary friend named Mr. McBeavy. And at some point uh, in the episode there, Andy has... He think he basically thought that Opie had stolen a hatchet and that he had stolen a quarter and all this stuff. He thought he thought Mr. McBeavy wasn't real and he was using this as an excuse. And and then it shows Opie sends him to his room. Then Andy goes up there basically to discipline him or to get him to admit that he that he's not real. And then that conversation that you see between Opie and Andy in that where he's telling Aunt Opie he said, "Son, just go ahead and admit that Mr. McBeavy's not real." And then you see Opie start to say, Mr. McBeavy's, but Pa, he is real. He is. Don't you believe me, Pa? And then to watch Andy in that scene, his emotions go from being stern to introspective to relieved to go, I, I believe you. And he doesn't punish him. He walks out of the room. That always, I'm just like, wow, I hope I could have done that. And then, of course, later on in the, movie, the show, you actually find out Andy does meet Mr. McBaby and finds out he's really real. But what he says to Barney, when he says, Barney said, I hope you didn't spank him too hard. He said, I didn't spank him. He said, what? You Don't tell me you believe in Mr. McBaby. He said, no, but I believe in Opie. And I think that was the relationship you had between the, the dad and his son where he believed in his son and expected his son to believe in him because he said, I've asked him to believe a lot of things over the years that to him must have been just as unbelievable as Mr. McBeavy is to me. And, and I think we need to remember that with our kids as we go forward. Uh, and I, anyway, that was just, that always impacted me so much. And I, and I want to recommend dads read the book that Ron Howard and Clint Howard just put out. It's called the boys. It's a brand new book. It's only been out about a month, not even quite a month, but it's called the boys. Basically that entire book is about the relationship that those two boys had with their father, Rance and their mother, Jean, and how they impacted their lives and grew up to be Ron Howard and Clint Howard and, and the lives that they have lived. And, and even in that, and Opie was originally written to be kind of a little wiseacre, a little bit smart alecky, kind of like uh, Dick Van Dyke's son on the Dick Van Dyke show would come in and give little zingers. And Rance Howard actually talked to Andy during the read through of the first script and said, I think you're doing Opie wrong. I think you should have him be uh, respectful of you and be, it'll be different. And so Andy went back to the writers and said, I want you to model the relationship between Andy and Opie to the relationship between Ron and Rance. And wow. that's that's in the book where Ron Howard's telling that, that his dad didn't even tell him that until I think the 80s or 90s. He wow. didn't know about it. So it's a great book. I definitely recommend that for fathers because just listening to how, how they did, I mean, they weren't raised in a Christian home or anything like that necessarily, but just that relationship between the father and the sons, it was a very powerful book. Mm. Well, I always knew that uh, they had a pretty good relationship. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of dads and coached and worked with dads that uh, weren't divorced and a lot of dads that were divorced. And I would always just encourage them that you are the greatest, you know, influence in their life, whether you're divorced or not, you know, from their mother. But you have to be important because there's a lot of dads that would stay at home who still aren't engaged in their kids' lives. And being in law enforcement for 30 years, I spent 20 years of my life working with kids. And I can tell you that 
there's a lot of other council sessions I had. A lot of them were at home or just not wanting to be involved in their lives. And it's so important. And I think when I watch it, in fact, it was recently I, I, my wife and I were babysitting our three grandchildren for a week and they liked the older shows. I mean, I turned on leave of the beaver. And of course I turned on the Andy Griffith show and they like watching the old TV shows. I'm like, yeah, this is better than YouTube. Okay. You, <laughs> this is really good. You know? Yeah. So they were learning from Opie and of course, you know, they're only five and eight and three, you know, but they were sitting there watching those those episodes, which is really cool. And they wanted to watch them over and over again. So anyway, so it definitely had an effect on people's lives. There was one scene in the Mayberry Man I was thinking of a moment ago. And it's actually I, I, I just was on a sitcom uh, with him, uh, one of your actors, Gary Nation, and at the uh, the old store which I won't give out away, but that was so powerful because it really kind of makes you think about, you know, the relationships that, I mean, I know what he was thinking about. The actor was thinking about his dad and all that stuff and this old store, but it, it was just powerful. So just kind of tell us a little bit about the, how that, that scene came about or what it has to do with the actual show. You're talking about uh, in the movie, that scene. Right. Yeah. So, yes. so, so basically, as I said, he'd had a bad relationship, the lead character with his father. And during the movie up to that point, he had been, he'd asked Floyd, well, tell me about, you used to talk to my dad a lot. What did he talk about? And I told him stories about his dad. And so that got the wheels turning and he started, he started to think about some of the things like that. Uh, uh, we, we went on, uh, you know, eventually we went on that trip with him and we have this whole conversation in the front seat and then he gets on to us. What are y'all talking about? It's just a phone. It's not real. It's not a real show. And, and we go through the conversation, Barney and Floyd are saying family's real family's real. And Barney says, yeah, family, this family it's real. And so there's so many things like that, that happened to him throughout the movie that I think that when he sees the guy and that guy has the conversation talking about, uh, the importance of family and when people come together and things like that, that, that scene kind of culminated, I think the journey he was going through and really made him realize what's important. Cause he say, ask him, you know, what were you looking for? He said, I think I found it is what he said in that scene. Uh, the lead the that was set up was really, really awesome. They so. did a great job writing this movie. Yeah. I think it was written extremely well. So Rick, yeah, and even when I see that scene, sometimes I think it's almost um, the man behind the counter is, is his conscience right. personified, and so he's he's alone, and, and maybe the guy was or wasn't there, but he had the time to think to himself, you know, what's all this mean? You know, there's a, a scene with a turtle right before, you know, obviously that's an, an omen to slow things down a little bit. He's out in the country and he. He stumbles in the store and it's just all those things, you know, to me, it's like, it's all ruminating in his head and he's trying to make sense of it, but it's the first time he's let his anger down enough for another emotion to appear in his, in his soul. And you can kind of see it on his face. It's really subtle, but that's a big moment of change for him. When he comes back the next day, he's a whole different guy and he's looking for ways to get me and, and Alan involved and, and right. you know, Barney and Floyd involved with the, the, the whole weekend and, a lot of good stuff happened after that in the movie for the character. Right. That's right. 
Well, it's uh, it's a really good movie. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the Mayberry Man, featuring Alan Newsom and Rick Roberts as two of the characters. Alan plays uh, Floyd. <laughs> Floyd Larson. That's right. <laughs> See the little barber. Uh, uh, what do you call that thing in the back? The the barber pole. Right yeah, the barber or, pole. That's yeah, the barber one. pole. And yeah. Rick, you know, he's just never got out of the uh, the old sheriff's office there. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Had to do a little cleaning up around here today, <laughs> <laughs> but he's still nipping it in the bud after all these years. So still nipping. So, well, one of you gentlemen want to set us up with the trailer we're about to watch? Go ahead, Ray. Sure. So this scene is is after the main character has had his uh, realization that he needs to do things for others, and that the Mayberry Spirit is doing things for others. And he happened to have just shot a movie uh, the previous year at this old movie studio in Wilmington, North Carolina, I think it was where it was. And so he said, I know they've got a squad car. It's the original Mayberry squad car. You guys want to go see it? Because he knew that'd be a big thing. It's the first time he's done anything nice for anybody in the movie. And so we're on board with it. We get to the studio at night and we come up on the squad car. And I believe in this clip, you'll see uh, Floyd and I seeing it for the first time and seeing how excited we are. And then I get to get behind the wheel and we'll just pick it up at that spot. All right, so we'll be right back after we watch this clip from The Mayberry Man, starring Alan Newsom and Rick Roberts. We'll be right back. Sit in it? Well, I don't think I should. I can't do it, could, could I? studio told me he's had a lot of offers over the years, but he won't sell it. This puppy's staying right here with the studio. Hey, what was that? Was that the security officer? I don't think so. They followed me. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There's one of the trailers that are out for the Mayberry Man. So I'm going to invite Rick and Alan back into the uh, studio now, and we're going to finish this up. So it's sure been nice talking to these guys about the new movie, The Mayberry. Whoa. Wait a minute, guys. Where's, where's Alan and Rick? What'd y'all do with them? Oh, yeah. We had to nip them in the bud, didn't we, buddy? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I think they went looking for Rafe Hollister still. That's right. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> well, look at here. That's my buddy. Snip it down there. Yeah, nip it over. Nip it and snip it. Nip, nip, right. snip yeah. it. I like that. I like that. So yeah, uh, that's funny. Hey, uh, You're funny for a deputy, Barney. Hey, <laughs> Floyd, Floyd, can you think I could trim me up a little bit tonight? Well, I did. You, you were looking pretty shaggy there in the back. I, you know, you've, yeah, we could trim that up for you. Yeah, every head's a walking testimony, you know. <laughs> he used to practice on cats, you know. Oh, I did, yeah. I used to catch him out in the alley. Out we had the baldest cats in the county there in Mayberry. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly any fleas in all the county. No, no. Yeah. You know, you don't have to tip me, but if you arch your back and purr, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Floyd, let me ask you, what did you charge for a haircut back in your day? Eric? It was $1.25. $1. And it went up over time, though. You know, If, you, oh if it's a flat top, it was more. Because some people don't have flat heads. They kind of have those weird-shaped heads. You know? <laughs> you gotta, it's hard to get that flat on the top. You, you, it takes, you, know, you have to go to barber college to learn how to do that. Oh, yeah. So you went to barber college, did you, Floyd? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we had a football team too there. Yeah, we, did you have we, a football team? Did you? Yeah, ever... we yeah we kept getting called for clipping. <laughs> yeah, there was a you, big there was a big scandal they had there. I made the news a long time ago. Oh yeah, that? that was that was about yeah, it. was a point shaving situation they had. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Well, Barney, I got to ask you a question now about that uh, clip we just saw. Did you enjoy driving that car? Ah, oh, yeah, she's a real fine machine. You take care of her. She'll take care of you. Yeah. Well, that's a nice car, too. And it's a real one. It's not a replica like the one Barney had. Yeah, it's a, it's that's right. It's a real step up from what I had. Yeah. Well, you know, Barney, I've seen you drive a car before, but the steering wheel actually came out of the, uh, yeah. You, you, oh, that was a real bad deal, you know. I, I picked up the paper that morning, saw a good deal, and thought I could get it from that little old lady who wrote it once a week to church and back and to Thanksgiving once or twice a year. But I tell you what, I got in there, that thing just came right back at me, and Goober was going to throw up in the back, or Gomer was, Gomer. I had to sit by the window. Yeah, Gomer thought you had too much grease in your stilling, Carlium. <laughs> too much grease in there, we had some sawdust in the, in the wheels, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it makes it run smooth as silk for a few days. If you do. I hear you guys kind of travel around now that you, the show's over and you kind of uh, do shows and corporate events. All right, tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, you can go to uh, rickroberts.com and check out all the stuff that I've got going on. Sometimes I show up as Barney. Sometimes I do a Mainbury Method motivational speech. And sometimes I'm out of uniform doing a little stand-up. But I know Floyd, he's been making a lot of personal appearances. Yeah, just as Floyd, though. Yeah, I don't do it as anybody else. It's just me. Yeah, we, yeah, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, you can go to MayberryBarber.com. That's got stuff about me on there, but not about any appearances and stuff because, you know, I can't get anybody to let me appear in anything. That's what it is. But. Well, I guess, Floyd, after the uh, pandemic we just went through, you had a lot of hair to catch up on, didn't you? Ooh, oh, yeah. You, oh, they were shaggy. Oh, they've been growing for like a year and a half, some of these people. Oh, yeah. And when you cut it, they had that tan line where their hair had been. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, there's not much you could do about that. You just put some powder on there, and, and that, that helped. How did you keep uh, Barney still in the chair all those years that you cut his hair? <laughs> well, Barney, you know, he's he wants set still. He's a he's a wiggler, and, and one lobe's longer than the other. It's hard to get his sideburns even because one lobe's longer than the other. It's real tricky sitting in there. I, the whole time I'm just staring at that cup with all the combs in it and that blue juice. 
yeah. always thought that might be illegal. Yeah, that's not to drink. Uh, that's not to drink, though. That's not true. again. <laughs> no, you don't do that. You Ooh, the first time around. Yeah, that's terrible. Well, yeah. Barney, you know, I've spent uh, I spent 30 years in law enforcement. Yeah. yeah, how many bullets do you have? I think I've only got the one on me still. Well, I'm, up check. About, I, I'm up to about three now. So, uh, but uh, I want to show you that uh, you know you've you've been my inspiration over the years. So I just got your got your sign right there. You Ooh, might yeah, look at that. It looks like he's smelling something. In that one, <laughs> yeah, sniffing out crime or something. Oh, Barney, that's a good one. He is yeah. the bloodhound of the law, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, guys. Tell us about the movie and uh, where we can go see that movie. We'd like to see you guys uh, starring in that movie. Well, I tell you, if you want to watch it right now, just click on over to Amazon Prime. You can get that. You can download it to watch or you can buy it either way. And you can get the uh, DVD, fancy new technology there, the DVD. How'd they get that? Oh, yeah, you just go over to weaversdepartmentstore.com and you can get it right there. You can get the DVD version. And Oh, and it... And if you want to, you can even get Floyd to sign it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you can click it. Yeah, and I'll sign it for you. Yeah, that's right. Can you tell us about uh, the Mayberry days that this movie was uh, kind of built around? And when, when can people actually come and kind of revisit the whole Mayberry method? You know, so, type of life. Yeah. So Mayberry Days is the last full weekend of September every year. And uh, it's a great event. It's held in Andy Griffith's hometown of Mount Airy, North Carolina. And uh, it's been going since 1991, I believe, was the first year. And uh, then we've had another big event is where we filmed a lot of the movie is Mayberry in the Midwest. But it's been canceled the last two years because of the pandemic. And we're just hopeful in 2022 we'll be able to go back there too. So it's but if you, and if you go there, you'll be able to see the outside of the courthouse that we filmed in front of, and the the square, and uh, the Mayberry Cafe. All that stuff's right there in Danville, Indiana. All right. Well, that sounds like uh, we got the the Mayberry uh, series getting ready to start. Right. We'll have another couple of movies coming out. Oh, we hope so. Yeah. I'll tell you one place you can keep in touch with all that is a great podcast called Two Chairs No Waiting. Yeah, I've been yeah, I've been doing a podcast since uh, 2008. Two Chairs, Two Chairs No Waiting. I got the magazines to swing it too. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we I've done 658 or something like that episodes. Yeah. Well, you're a little bit ahead of me, Floyd. So, congratulations on that. Now, well, thank you. Well, you know, as a barber, I'm a professional talker. You know oh, how that okay. is. <laughs> I don't cut a lot of hair sometimes, but I talk a lot. So, yeah. Well, I tell you what, gentlemen, we have enjoyed having you with us and your friends, Alan and Rick, too. Make sure you, you tell them thanks for joining me earlier, too, as well. So, but uh, I, I look forward to actually getting this word out a little bit more about the movie. I'm hoping we can bring it to Florida and let uh, in the big theater somewhere and get one of you guys down here maybe to talk about it a little bit. I need fun. to get down there to be able to trim that up. That's bothering me now. I see that. <laughs> I can't, I can't get it. Well, there. I know now, Floyd, as a young man, you would have really enjoyed my hair because it was about down to my shoulders. Ooh. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's using that Vidal Sassoon on it, too. Yeah, yeah, he used to use head and shoulders. Now he's using mopping glow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good one. He doesn't spend much time in hair and makeup, just makeup. 
Just makeup. Yeah. yeah, just makeup. That's for sure. So, in fact, uh, the recent movie I just did, I was saying, can you do something about this? And she said, let me see if I got enough. So, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking to Alan Newsom and Rick Roberts, two great guys here that, that well, they just kind of, well, it's kind of an idea we had for them to come back in character. So, uh, I'll let them just wrap us up here and uh, tell us once again how we can uh, how we can watch this movie one more time and then we'll say goodnight to them. And we really appreciate you guys being with us tonight. So take it away, Barney and Lloyd. <laughs> well, you got to go to mayberryman.com or mayberrymanmovie.com. It'll have all the facts, including theaters where you can actually go see it with a big group. You can even get your church together or a large group and get the movie. And there's a way to do that. And you can find out about that on the thing too. And where else can they go? They get the DVD, right? Oh, yeah, they can get the DVD. They can head over to weaversdepartmentstore.com and pick it up over there. And uh, they have the DVD and everything over at Weavers and a bunch of other Mayberry Man stuff, too, if you'd like to get it, hats and shirts and all kinds of stuff at uh, weaversdepartmentstore.com. Well, you heard it right there from two of the original guys, Floyd and Barney. So we appreciate you guys being with us tonight. And, um, well, we're going to see you around Mayberry again soon. How's that? Sounds good. Goober says, hey. All right. Hey, Goober. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night, guys. Thank you for joining us.